Today I watched in silence as people passed me by. And I strained to see if there was something hidden in their eyes. But they all looked back at me as if to say, life just goes on. The old familiar story told in different ways makes the most of your own journey. This life alone can be.
Thank you, Ethan, for sharing with us this morning. Ethan will be headed back to school soon, and I hope you'll remember to pray for him and all of those who will begin their uh, college, uh, to, some for the first time and then some for their second and third years and fourth years. So remember to pray for Ethan and all of our college students. We're glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us for worship. We're just glad to see all of you here, and if you're a guest, we welcome you, especially our first-time guests, and I will remind you that there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. There's bags on the end of it. Just pick one of those up as you leave, and it's our gift to you, and you'll find some information in there. Uh, also, we have a QR code there on the pews in front of you, maybe in some of the pew racks that you can put your camera up to. All of you can do that if you want, and it has uh, our Connect card has news and announcements, prayer concerns, and many other things. So uh, if you want to know what's going on, you can do that uh, before you leave today. But we are glad you're here, and we're glad you joined us by live stream today. Thank you for joining us, and we pray, as we always do, that you feel God's presence as we sing and as we hear God's word read and spoken. Thank you again. Why don't you stand and greet those around you, and then we'll join in together in singing praise to the Lord the Almighty. And now you join as we lift our voices in praise to the get together. Praise to
and you continue to join us as we celebrate the greatness of God.
Thank you. Well, how great God truly is. And just to feel his presence in this place and to feel the Holy Spirit. Thank you all for leading so beautifully. Ethan, thank you for doing a beautiful job. I'm so proud of you. And just so great to be in God's house to sing praise to the only one who's worthy to be praised. And we give him all the glory for being such a great and awesome God. And every week there's an opportunity we can show our love and our thanks to him by going to him in prayer. Maybe you're here today and praise is on your lips and thanksgiving in your heart. But it's possible that you're here and you have pain and you have worry and you have fear. You're dealing with depression, battling some sin in your life. Maybe you're watching today and wherever you might be, I want to invite you to join us as well for a time of prayer and make wherever you are your altar. But if you feel led to come to pray today, and we have a lot to pray for, we're all going through so much in our world today and continue to struggle in many different areas, but if you feel led to come join me at this altar for prayer, I invite you to do so as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? Oh God, my, my heart and my spirit has been moved to tears because of your presence. And knowing how great you really are and how great is our God, we can't sing it loud enough. We can't praise you often enough how great thou art. And Father, we bow humbly before you in adoration just thanking you for being an awesome God. Your son, not sparing, you sent him to die so that we might have life. All the glory belongs to Jesus. Father, we just come today to acknowledge not only your greatness with praise and thanksgiving, but to acknowledge our need of you in every area of our lives. We need you, God, in our hearts and lives individually. We need you in our families collectively. We need you in our country and in our world. Father, our world is in turmoil. And we need, God, your presence and your healing power and revival and spiritual awakening and healing in our land. And, oh, God, we continue to pray for our medical professionals who are on the front lines and pray that you would give them safety. Bless our students and our teachers and administrators and college students, God. Put a hedge of protection around them. Keep them safe. And Lord, may we not take for granted the things that many times we have taken for granted. Being able to send our children to school or being able to worship you in this place. Oh God, we praise you for your faithfulness and your mercy and your grace. 
Father, we pray today, if there are those lost without Jesus Christ, that they might come to know you in a real and personal way. Speak to them through the music, through the prayers, through the proclamation of your word. Father, speak through your spirit and through your servant. Father, may many come to know Christ. Father, I just pray for so many on our prayer list that are hurting, grieving. I pray for Rick Bailey and the loss of his dad. Comfort this family. Be with all the many people in our church that are going through treatments or battling COVID in some form or Father, people that are just having relationship struggles. Bring reconciliation, we pray, and healing. Father, I just pray that your hedge of protection would be around this church and around each one of us and around our families, our homes, again, our schools. Father, may we just give you all the praise and glory that you deserve. I pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to be thick in this place. Move through the choir and instrumentalists. Move through your message and your messenger and move in our hearts that we would respond, Father, to your invitation and your call. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victory we trust you to bring. Through the strong name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our choir will be coming to lead us after the reading of God's Word. Thank you all for being here today. And again, thank you for being here today. This is a very special verse that many of you already know, and I'll share why it's so special a little bit later in the service, but Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, one verse only. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, Bill and choir and instrumentalists. What a beautiful reminder of the peace that we have through Jesus Christ. And thank you so much for being here today. And I always like to share a little humor in one of our members, and I, I won't tell you who until afterward maybe, depending on the response, sent me this just yesterday. But through a group of tourists at a crocodile farm, and uh, the owner made a daring proposal. Uh, as the tourists were there, he said, if anyone would jump in among these crocodiles and be able to swim safely to shore and survive, I will pay $1 million. Well, no one dared to move with these crocodiles swimming. Then all of a sudden, there was a splash, and a man jumped in, and he began to, to swim desperately and frantically, and, and finally, he, he made it to shore, and, and he survived, and much to everyone's amazement and applause, he was able to receive the reward of $1 million. As he and his wife went back to the motel, the manager said, that was a daring feat to jump in among the crocodiles. He said, well, I didn't jump, I was pushed. His wife smiled. And the moral of this story is, behind every successful man is a woman who pushes him. I like that. Ralph Gouge, I like that. <clears throat> Thank you. This past week on Thursday night, <clears throat> it was the first day of school beginning for our children, maybe for some of yours as well. And it was Thursday evening around 9.15, and I think I was watching a, a Reds game or just to watch a Reds game, and my daughters asked if we could go get a sweet treat. They wanted to go out and get ice cream. That's, that's been something we did all through uh, COVID and have done over this past year, and, and after much begging and pleading and twisting my arm, I'm kidding. I said, yes, we'll go. So we made our way across town to Chick-fil-A to get some ice cream and some milkshakes, and, and as we placed a mobile order on the way across town, we pulled into the parking lot, and my wife was going to run in to pick up the order, and as we were pulling in, I saw an old friend of mine coming out, and I hadn't seen him in a while, and he actually is a pastor as well. And so we began to talk a little bit just to shoot the breeze, and I said, man, today's been a tough day. I, we moved my son Isaiah into college for the first time. I said, my daughter's started school today, and I said, my, my wife and I have have really been struggling. It's, it's been difficult. It's been sad. We thought we'd come to get a treat. He gave me a response I didn't expect. He said, why don't you just go on and kill yourself? <laughs> it's awful. It's the end. Just go on. And that's what he said. And I was like, oh, okay. That was kind of odd to say. And uh, I guess it put things in perspective that we didn't need to be grieving as much as celebrating. And this wasn't so much of a, a burden, but a, a blessing that he's come to this point in his life. And one of our members, Scott Reno, sent me a text early Thursday morning and said that 
you know, the Bible says we're to train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And said, you've been running a race with Isaiah like a relay race through life, and now you've handed the baton to him, and you're no longer running beside him, but behind him. And, uh, and I was getting choked up reading what was to be in an encouraging text, and it was. And last week, if you were here, if you watched, we talked about running the race in order to win the prize. Talking about running the race of life, to run it for Jesus, run it in such a way as to win the prize. We even used that familiar passage out of Hebrews chapter 12 when it said, beginning with verse 1, Therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance that's been marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we talked about running that race. But it's possible some of you all are here and you've been tempted to drop out of the race. You've been tempted to give up. And I know what my friend said to me, he was joking. But really that is no joke for people that feel that down, that low, that overwhelmed by circumstances that you are ready to throw in the towel. I mean, with this pandemic that's been going on so long and with this latest variant, people are really struggling. They're struggling physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and yes, even spiritually to the point where they think, I've, I've taken all I can take. I, I'm just ready for all this to be over. Well, there was a group of Christians that the Hebrew writer was writing to. Primarily, they were Jewish Christians who were ready to throw in the towel. They were ready to give up. They were ready to quit because they were being persecuted. They were being arrested. They were being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Some were wanting to revert back to Judaism, wanting to Judaize the gospel. But yet the message was, look, the Hebrew writers, I want to remind you of the absolute supremacy and the absolute sufficiency of Jesus Christ. He is supreme because he has fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecy. He is sufficient because his sacrifice on the cross was to die once and for all to save us from our sin once and for all. And so he was reminding these folks that were tempted to give up and to quit, to stay in the race. You hang in there. You, you hear people say, hang in there. Everything's going to be okay or it's all going to work out or, or hang in there, buddy. Well, those are optimistic and those are positive comments but those aren't necessarily faith statements. You know what the difference between a non-believer and a believer is? It's not just faith, but it's faith in God. He is the one that we are to place our faith and our trust completely in. And as I was praying about direction for us to go in a sermon series, God laid on my heart these two words, great faith, great faith, 
Don't we need great faith today? If there was something that people needed more than anything, it would be great faith. And some of you are here and your faith is waning. You're being tempted to drop out or to quit or say, what's the use? And that's exactly what our enemy, our adversary, the devil would like. Nothing more for you and me to quit, to drop out, quit running the race that's been marked out for, for us. Don't give him that joy. Don't give him that privilege. We keep on. We run hurt. We limp. We crawl. We do whatever we can do to get across the finish line. In this passage of Scripture today, in this particular verse, he gives us some encouragement of how we can have great faith. In verse 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Today, if you want great faith, we must commit to please Him. We must commit to please Him. At the heart of our relationship with God is faith. You remember what Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. Our faith is the foundation that we build our lives, that we build our homes, that we build our families upon. We have a firm foundation of faith. And if you were to read back in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, uh, the Hebrew writer uh, quoting God when he said, but my righteous one will live by faith. Did you hear that? But if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. You know what he's saying? That the righteous, we keep living by faith. But if we stop persevering, if we shrink back, that's not pleasing to God. That shows a lack of faith. Remember in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says, we live by faith, not by sight. Or we walk by faith, not by sight. We can't look at our circumstances and be overwhelmed by everything we see and, and hear and think, oh my goodness. But we try in every way to please God. That's what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. For we are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. Look, if you're trying to please people, forget about it. I've been there and done that. We can't please people. We can't please everyone. That's why it should be our number one goal to please God, first and foremost. Do you remember a man by the name of Enoch? You, you look in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, and it says, And by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. If you would read the last part of verse 5, it said, And before he was taken, he was commended by God as one who pleased him. You want to know more about Enoch? Look back in Genesis chapter 5. And it said, And Enoch walked faithfully with God for 365 years. And he would be the father of Methuselah, who would live to be 969 years. But Enoch walked 
faithfully with God. And that pleased God. How do we please God today? And let me ask you, are you pleasing God in how you're living? Are you pleasing God by loving Him? Are you pleasing God by placing your trust in Him? Are you pleasing God by repenting from sin and obeying Him? Are you pleasing God by serving Him? Are you pleasing God by following His commandments? There are many ways we please God, by living for His will and not our will. Are you pleasing God in your actions? Are you pleasing God with your words? Are you pleasing God in your relationships? Are you pleasing God on social media? Are you self-promoting more than God-promoting? Are you trying to make a name for yourself or make a name for God? Are you holding resentment and unforgiveness toward others? Or have you released the offender and forgiven those who have wronged you? It should be our number one goal as followers of Jesus Christ to please him and to glorify him. And everything we say to our lives should reflect the glory of God. And I pray that we would glorify God in everything that we do, in everything we say, and everywhere we go, and everything we do, that we would bring glory to him. Today, if we're going to have great faith, we've got to commit to please him. But then secondly, we must come to him with belief. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. We must have at the core of our foundation of faith, believing, coming to him in our prayers, coming to him in our fellowship, coming to him in our worship, coming to him in God's word, coming to him in communion, coming to him with humility and recognition of our need of this great God in our lives. And so many passages involve believing. That very familiar passage that many of us learned as children, John 3, 16, when Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we must believe. I think there was a song, Don't Stop Believing, that we are to keep believing that God has the power to sustain us and to propel us to be the people that he wants us to be. And I often think about that discipleship study. Many of you all went through, maybe, we went through a series on Sunday nights looking at that study from Henry Blackerby, Experiencing God. And do you remember one of the realities was talking about coming to a crisis of belief. And sometimes in our lives, God brings us to a crisis of belief that helps us to dig in in our faith. I mean, if a worldwide pandemic isn't a crisis of belief, I don't know what is. 
if this has not brought us to our knees and opened our spiritual eyes, again, I'm not saying God's doing it to us, but God can use it to draw us closer, to increase our faith, to show our dependence upon him and not our own strength and ability. And I hope and pray today that you would come to him in your fear, in your worry, in your loneliness, in your addiction, in your sin, in your anxiety, that you would come to him and believe that he has the power to help you and to help me. I think about that story in Mark chapter 9. Remember the father that had the son that had seizures and he was possessed with the spirit and said, when the spirit convulses him and tries to throw him into the water and the fire to kill him. Y'all remember that story? And do you remember that the man had gone to Jesus' disciples and they could not drive out the demon? And remember, Jesus said this kind can only come out by prayer. Y'all remember that story? But if you look in verses 22 through 24, the man, when Jesus had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus came into the, to the picture, he said, if you can, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. If you can, he said. But Jesus said everything is possible for him who believes. And then the boy's father immediately exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. How many of us are here today and we need to say the same thing? I do believe, but help me to overcome my unbelief because I'm struggling right now. Help me overcome my unbelief. If we're going to have great faith, then we must come to him with belief. But lastly, we must be ready to claim the reward. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Some of y'all's favorite Bible verse is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Verse 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Did you know that when we seek him with all of our hearts, then we receive his grace, we receive his supernatural strength and power through the Holy Spirit, but we have to genuinely, authentically seek him. Not half-heartedly, not pretentiously, not casually. I mean, we've got to seek him earnestly with all of our hearts, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's what Jesus was referring to in that great sermon on the mountain, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be given or added unto you. We have to seek him like we really desire him and mean him in our lives and need him in our lives. I shared with you all that verse was special for me and my family and it brought it all into perspective again when my wife was going through some pictures recently and uh, getting ready for Isaiah's graduation from high school and everything, looking at some old pictures. And, and again, you all have heard me share this many times, but when this church was being built, we had, uh, before it was completed, just the concrete, before carpet, before drywall, we wrote scriptures, anointed this sanctuary and church with scriptures, with prayers. And my wife found a picture that had she and I up on this concrete platform, and Isaiah was in a carrier, my son that we just took to college. And I remember getting on my knees and writing on this concrete, and Kelly and I wrote Hebrews 11.6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I can tell you that God answers prayer. God answers prayer. When we seek Him with a humble, genuine heart and spirit, He rewards and blesses our lives. I mean that. We don't always see it on this side of eternity, but we know it's going to be over there. 2 Corinthians 2, 9, Paul said, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. He's prepared a beautiful place. And he wants to bless your life today and bless mine, but we've got to ask for His blessings. I want to close by sharing a story that Bruce Wilkinson shared in his little book, The Prayer of Jabez, years ago. You all remember that? I pray the prayer of Jabez every day. I've been doing it for years. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I pray that every day for this church, for my family. That's not my only prayer, but that's included in my daily prayers. But in that little book, The Prayer of Jabez, he told a fable about Mr. Jones who died and went to heaven. And as Mr. Jones got to the gates of heaven, Peter met him, and, and he said, I'm going to give you a tour of heaven. And he took him through those pearly gates and on those golden streets and looked at those big mansions and heard the angelic hosts of angels singing praise to God. And, and as he was given a tour, Mr. Jones noticed an odd-looking building, almost looked like a warehouse, no windows, only one small door in the front. And Mr. Jones asked Peter, what's that? He said, oh, you don't need to worry about that. You, you don't need to say anything about that. Well, it piqued Mr. Jones' curiosity, but they continued on their tour. The tour ended, and Mr. Jones came back to Peter, and he said, I want to know what's in that building. What's in there? And he said, you really don't want to. Well, he insisted, and Peter relented, and he said, okay, I'll, I'll take you in. So they... They walk in this warehouse, and much to Mr. Jones' amazement, the, the 
building was packed from floor to ceiling with neatly white wrapped white boxes with red ribbons on all of them. Row after row filled that warehouse. And Mr. Jones saw one. He said, hey, there's names on them. He said, is there one with my name on it? He said, yes, but you really don't. Before he could even stop him, he took off. And he was looking for Row J, Row J, looking for the Joneses, looking for Row J. He found the J's. He found the box with his name on it. He began to tear into it, pulling the ribbon, opening the box. And when he opened the box, came the, the deep sigh and gasp that Peter has heard many, many times. For inside that box was blessings, were blessings that God had in store for Mr. Jones that he never asked him for. And that's so many of us. God wants to bless our lives, but we're not interested in asking. God wants to bring us joy and peace and ultimately salvation and we don't want to ask him what did Jesus say in, in Matthew 7 7 ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open James 4 2 you have not because you ask not we are to ask for God's blessings to ask for his forgiveness to ask for his salvation to ask for his will to be done in our lives. I mean, what loving father would not want to bless their children? Do we not all want to see our children or your grandchildren blessed? And so we'll do anything and everything it takes to bless our family. Well, that's how God wants to bless you today. But you've got to be willing to take the first step. If you want great faith to sustain you to help you through this difficult time, you've got to first give your heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus. In that verse we shared, we are not to try to please people, but to please God who tests our hearts. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows what's in your heart today. Anger, resentment, critical spirit, negative spirit, uh, uh, pain, past mistakes, sin. He knows what's in our hearts. Would you be willing to give it to him today? Say, it's weighing me down. I can't do this. I'm not giving up. I'm giving it out to the Lord. Giving it up to the Lord. Or maybe you're a Christian and, and you've grown complacent and you've grown casual in your faith. And God says, are you really demonstrating great faith? Or are you just going through the motions? You're not really running the race with passion. You're just floating. Would you be willing to, to get back in the race and give him your best today? Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I'm telling you, this is a special church. I love what God has done and continues to do even through this season. The people, you're the church. It's not this building. You're the church. We're the church. And I love when we can worship together. And if you'd like to be a part of a church family that, We'll do our best to try to love you, support you, cheer you on as you run the race. This is the place you want to be.
I'm not perfect, we're not perfect, but we will side by side cross the finish line together with God's help and strength. Aren't you ready to do that today? The Lord's been waiting for you, waiting for me. Aren't we ready to give him our all as we pray together? Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any people here today, men, women, young people, children, that have never taken that first step to great faith, may it be today that someone would humbly come to Jesus, repent, turn away from their sin, and begin a fresh new start by inviting you to come in and forgive them, pledging their love to you and commitment to you, that we're committing to try to please you and to glorify you. Lord, would there be someone who would pray that today? Lord, there are Christians that have grown weary, they've grown tired, they're overwhelmed, they're overwhelmed with school starting back, overwhelmed with the pandemic, overwhelmed with responsibilities at work and at home, and overwhelmed with their financial situation, overwhelmed with depression, addiction, anxiety, fear. God, I pray today that there would be a calmness and a peace that the choir sang about, a peace that passes all understanding that would come into the believer's heart, that they would start believing because everything is possible for those who believe. Or Lord, maybe someone's been looking for a church home, a, a place where they can worship and grow in the faith and encourage one another and cheer each other on and support one another. God, we have a, a wonderful church family. And I know where there are people, there will be imperfections because I'm at the top of the list of imperfection. But Lord, when we can focus on you, you are perfect and there's no imperfection in you. So Lord, may we not put off any longer what you are calling us to do today. You've been patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Give us the boldness and the courage, God, to come to you today. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand with me if you're in this place as we sing a hymn of invitation commitment. If you're watching at home and you would like to uh, have one of our staff to pray with you, it'd be our privilege. Contact us. We'll pray with you about your commitment. But it's time. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. Come to Christ even now as we sing.
in here today for allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. Thank you for worshiping with us online. I pray that you will continue to worship with us either here in person or online. And we have a couple of special announcements today. First, Leighton, would you mind to come up? Uh, Leighton, our student minister, has an important announcement for all of our parents and students. If you would go up, and if you don't mind. Hope you're all ready for sermon number two. No, I'm joking. Uh, very quickly, before you head out, I wanted to extend an invite. We have a great opportunity tonight to connect with students and parents at 630. Uh, thankfully, Leah's allowed us to use the Cross Center. We're going to have a grill out and uh, provide supper, uh, as well as an opportunity just to connect with you and have some competitions for students and parents. And if you're free, if you're a student in grades 6 through 12, or a parent or grandparent of a student in grades 6 through 12, we'd love to have you come out and to be able to connect with you. Very good. Thank you. Hope you'll make your parents and students, I hope you'll make your way for a great night of fellowship together. And also, don't forget this Wednesday night at 5.30, we'll be meeting across the street. Now, I don't know, I think Lee was asked if we'll be able to bring the Sermon on the Mount in the gym if it's raining, but Lou, Dr. Lou Sterrett is going to be using horses to share the love of Jesus across the street, bring a, a blanket, a chair for a great night. Stay posted. If it is inclement weather, we'll let you know. Otherwise, hope to see you then. And then next Wednesday, we will start 5 o'clock, meal downstairs, 6 o'clock, prayer meeting in this place. And so I hope you will make plans to join us as we're excited about what God has done is doing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I hope you have a blessed rest of the day. Remember how much God loves you and we love you too. Bill, lead us in a closing song. Thank you. Thank you and God bless you.